Today's read, Midnight and the Meaning of Love by Sister Soja, Chapter 9, Never Coming Back. Back in Brooklyn, I bounced by and picked up Naja. We then escorted Uma to her job by 4 p.m. sharp. Where are we going now, Naja asked, her big brown eyes exploring mine. You'll see, was all I offered. Down on Fulton Street, right next to Albee Square Mall, I stopped at an outdoor photo booth. I needed to take two passport-sized photos. I want to get in the picture with you, Naja said. I pulled back the curtain, let her slide in first, then sat down beside her. It's going to take three shots real fast, so quick, get ready, I told her, and dropped in my coins. She was real excited. She pushed her little face up toward the glass that hid the camera. Then she pulled it back. The light flashed three times. I opened the curtain and then stood up. That's it, I told her, letting her climb out. Well, where are the pictures? Stand right there. They'll drop down in a few seconds. What are you doing now, she asked. I gotta take some photos of my own. Why? But instead of answering her, I closed the curtain and held her little hand as she stood on the opposite side. The camera snapped. Three more photos of just me, alone. I opened the curtain. Naja had the first set of pictures in her hand. She stood, staring at them. Do you think I look pretty? Naja asked. Of course, I told her. For real? Or are you just saying that? She questioned with a serious face. No, I'm just saying that. I teased her. Your pictures look better. You look real cool, Naja said to me. Don't put your fingertips on the pictures. Just hold them on the side like this. Why? She asked. But then she held them the right way. At the pizza store, I brought Naja a slice and a salad. Do you think we're weird because we don't eat McDonald's? She asked before biting down on an olive. No. This girl in my class said that everybody normal eats McDonald's. She said that Muslims eat McDonald's too. People can do whatever they want to, I answered Naja carefully. But in our family, we don't worry about what everyone else thinks is normal. We do what we believe is best. So follow Uma, no matter what your friends say. Okay, she smiled, contented. I phoned Mr. Ghazali from downtown Brooklyn, but his son Mustafa Salim answered the phone. After extending my greetings, I told him, I was calling to get your father's permission to stop by your house tonight at 10. I need to hand him something. No problem, Wenami, he said, using a Sudanese term for cousin. I'll relay your message, but come on by. I'm sure it's okay with father. Feeling decent about how my day was flowing and about accomplishing shit one by one, I headed to Chinatown to do a face-to-face with Cho the owner of the Chinatown fish market where I worked on Fridays and Saturdays. He was the Chinaman who had reluctantly broken his regular pattern of doing things and given me a job a year ago. In almost 52 weekends, 
I had never missed a work day or even ever arrived late. Whenever he needed me to do overtime, I did it, no problem. So I planned to do the honorable thing and give him a heads up about my travel plans, which which would cause me to miss three of Cho's busiest work days. Naja's little hand was moist in the warm spring air. I held on to it though, not wanting her to get swept away as Chinatown got invaded by the New York after work crowd looking for some fresh goods to prepare for dinner. You don't have to hold my hand. I won't get lost, she said, as her little feet had to double step to keep up with my swift pace. Oh yeah, I said, still holding on to her. If we got separated, I could find you easily. Your sneakers are cleaner than everyone else's and your laces are so cool. How come my sneakers are dirty? How come when you walk around all day, your sneakers never get dirty, she asked, looking up at me. I just smiled, but I did decide I would buy her a new pair of kicks. We dipped into a sneaker store. She wanted to pick. When she came back with some polka dot skips, I chose for her instead. The day Quan and me wouldn't let it slide. He had been the five percenter, fashion regulator, gun dealer, fight promoter, and big brother to his five blood brothers, and from our whole Brooklyn block before he got knocked. Cho and his nephew, Chow, were in a rhythm, satisfying the customers and knocking them off the line one by one. I waited till the small crowd cleared. What do you do here on a weekday? Cho questioned. I came to give you a heads up. This weekend, I am going to work Friday like regular, but I have to take off all day Saturday the 10th and the following weekend, the 16th and the 17th. There was a long pause between us. Cho looked like he was thinking real hard about my simple and clear request. Just then I saw Sachi, Akimi's young cousin, walk up and sit down beside Naja outside Cho's door. I'm letting you know now to give you enough time to get someone to fill in for me, okay? I asked, but I was definite. Cho folded his arms across his chest. You chase Japanese girl to the end of the earth. Since I don't discuss my wife with other men, I didn't answer Cho. I knew that he knew that my letting him know was a courtesy, not a request. I'll see you on Friday morning, Cho. Don't count me out. I'll be here for sure, I reassured him. He mumbled something back at me some sentences spoken in Chinese, so I figured he must be talking to himself. Mayonaka, eight-year young Sachi jumped off the steps and put her hands right on her hips where she liked to keep them. She was calling me by the name that Akimi called me, Mayonaka, meaning midnight in Japanese. Naja followed behind her, Before the little Japanese girl could start dropping her word bombs, her father, who is also my wife's uncle, appeared outside their family store door, which was four doors down from Cho's on the same side of the block. Ooh, you better go, you know. Here comes your father, Naja warned Sachi. But the little girl only removed one hand from her hip and said through a half smile, 
He's only scary for you guys. My father is very nice to me. She turned on her toes to take off, and I slowed her down. We'll walk over with you, I said. She and Naja began skipping slowly. Naja got her first scuff mark on her new ACGs. Konbanwa, Uncle Nakamura, I said, using the Japanese language intentionally. Good evening, he answered in English, dryly and for his own reasons too. How's it going? How's business, I asked, even though I had just seen him on Sunday when I was searching for Akimi. I suspected that he may even have called the cops on me for loitering outside of his store door, but really for loving and marrying his niece. Fine, he responded with one word only. See you next time, Sachi, Naja said. Good night, I said. I purposely wanted to appear to be calm and pleasant in this thought battle that I was having with the Japanese men in my wife's family. There was no reason to tip him off that I was headed over to take back what was mine. Inside, I was boiling once again. I could tell from his uncle's posture that they thought they had won. It was as though they believed that they lived in the first world and I was stuck in the third or fourth or fifth world. That somehow I wouldn't be able to figure out how to cross the Pacific Ocean beyond Alaska and over the Siberian mountains to get my wife. In a short time, they would discover that they were wrong. What did Sashi say to you? I asked Naja. First, she asked me what I was doing over here. Then she showed me this string that she had in her pocket and how she could twist it into a bunch of different shapes. Then she asked me if I missed Akimi and if we had heard from her. What did you tell her? What could I tell her? I don't know anything, Naja said with her arms raised halfway and palms facing up. Are you sure you didn't say anything extra? I checked. I just told her that I do miss Akimi and that I, I am sure she will come back real soon. Then Naja shifted her eyes away from me. And I pushed. And what? She said softly, but understanding the intensity in me. Sashi said that Akimi's never coming back. The words of my seven years young sister hit me in the chest like powerful kicks. But I told Sachi that she really doesn't know that for sure, Naja said confidently. And I continued. Sachi said that her father told her that Akimi's father saved Akimi from ruining her life. My jaw tightened. I stood still on the busy block, holding my sister's hand, thinking, that's it. That's all Sachi said. Wait a minute. I left one thing out. Earlier, she told me that her real name is Sachiko, but that she lets people she likes call her Sachi for short. 
She said Sachiko means happiness. But the mean thing she told me about you ruining Akimi's life, she said that last. And then you came outside. <laughs>